Good day, I'm Anne Dolinchik and you are listening to Coffee Conversations about Influencer Marketing. Today we're in conversation with Gordon Glenister, who is a membership and influencer marketing expert. Gordon launched a new influencer marketing channel at the Branded Content Marketing Association, better known as the BCMA, and still remains the global head of influencer marketing there. Grab a cup of coffee and listen as we discuss how we're getting better at measuring ROI in the industry, why working with professional influencer marketing specialists can make or break a brand's campaign, tapping into influencers' creativity and content to use in brand campaigns off social media, influencers and e-commerce, is that the way of the future? Why scripting influencer content does not work? And how the WHO used influencers to effectively reach younger generations who do not necessarily watch television or read print media with their COVID messaging. A quick thank you to this episode's sponsor, Coffee Monster. This app ensures that you get your coffee whether you're in a rush, in an afternoon slump, or simply need your caffeine fix on the go. It allows you to order and pay for your beverage from your favorite barista or discover a new spot in your area while collecting loyalty points across all stores. Location services will notify the barista when to have your beverage ready so that you can pick it up or have it delivered to your car or office in the blink of an eye. Download the app today from your app store. Gordon, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate your time. But for those of us who's not too au fait with what the BCMA is, can you maybe give us a brief overview of it and also tell us a bit more about your journey to actually becoming the global head of influence marketing there? Yeah, sure. Lovely to, to be on your program today, a podcast. So the BCMA, Branded Content Marketing Association, is a global organization. It's been going for around 16 years uh, and we have a number of chapters in different countries, including in South Africa, I'm delighted to say. Um, and we represent everything from brands, uh, agencies, broadcasters. Uh, we've got some big brands like Heineken, Santander, Red Bull, to name just a few. And uh, obviously what we are, are all about really is creating a, a hub for best practice community and promotion of branded content and more latterly influencer marketing so in terms of my journey um, I uh, used to be the head of uh, another trade association actually which is the British Promotional Merchandise Association for 11 years I started my own uh, membership consultancy back in September 2018 and one of my friends was uh, Andrew Cantor who is the global head of the BCMA and we sat down uh, in the back end of 2018, if I remember, in a London hotel. And I was just very conscious about what was going on in the world of influencer marketing. Uh, there was a lot of media attention, not necessarily all good. Uh, there were a lot of regulation challenges and issues. Um, in fact, it was often described as the Wild West. In some cases, it still is. Um, and we just felt we just felt that there was an opportunity to have a representative body. And we were going to create a separate uh, industry body specifically for that. And then Andrew and I decided that, you know, we've already got an established global network and branded content, influencer marketing are somewhat intertwined. So what we decided to do last year in July was launched BCMA Influence. So within this channel, we represent influencer marketing agencies, influencer marketing platforms, and more latterly now, uh, influencers and content creators themselves. 
And so what we do is we uh, provide uh, support and guidance. Um, we have uh, a, a, a code of conduct, which obviously is, is what most people uh, believe is the greatest value. Um, it's a, like independent verification of who and what they are. And then we have things like um, free legal help, marketing support, um, we have a debt collection service. Surprisingly, that some influencers have said to us that uh, chasing for money is one of their biggest challenges. Uh, so that's one of our, our key benefits. Um, then we have um, a resources section, which allows our um, individual companies to post white papers, infographics, and e-guides uh, that they can uh, that companies can download, and those leads then get back to that company. Um, and more latterly, uh, on the um, on the insurance side, we're providing, although it's in it's only in the UK at the moment, uh, free insurance up to a hundred thousand pounds for any influencer that joins the the BCMA. So it's uh, you know we're we're trying to move forward and provide brands with a solution to provide companies that that uh, signed up to code of conduct and, and work in a very professional ethical way. Gordon, what I love what you just said is that it's not only representative of marketing agencies or the influencer agencies and the like, but it's also support for the influencers themselves. It's kind of getting a home for them, knowing what's going on in the industry and, and really supporting them. And I think it's so important that you have those services, especially over the last couple of years we've seen where a lot of influencers kind of burned their fingers working with some brands who just never got payment. So mm -hmm. love that. Mm -hmm. Well, we actually did, actually we did a, we did some research with one of the influencer platforms uh, um, over a year ago. Um, and it was, it was entitled what influencers want and what they most value and financial assistance, support and guidance was one. Um, debt collection or getting paid as another. Uh, and just generally marketing support is being able to reach out to brands. Um, what I also found fascinating from that report was um, we also asked them who do they most admire and why. And when you actually start to see other influencers admire, uh, you know, others, what, why do they do that? And a lot of it is about stuff like uh, consistency of content, uh, quality of content, um, um, being very sure of their messaging. Um, and uh, it's, really, it's really fascinating to see some of, the, some of the individuals, many of which, of course, are included in my book, which I'm uh, launching in March. So super excited about that. So would that book be more geared towards marketers, more to influencers, or kind of a bit of both? Uh, well, all actually. Um, it's called Influencer Marketing Strategy. And it's been, it's been written as not only a guide to people that don't know anything about influencer marketing, but also to, uh, as a reinforcement of all the, the best practice tips that I've gleaned from a number of agency platforms, content creators over the last uh, couple of years or so. And I've also interviewed a number of people um, as well uh, to get their insights. So it, it really is almost a compendium of uh, what I think is uh, great ideas. Oh, wonderful. So Gordon, when we speak about the BCMA and you've mentioned that kind of agencies and influence marketing agencies can join it. Um, is there, can anyone in the space kind of join your organization from corporates, not only agencies, 
um, anyone who's kind of a marketer who wants to kind of learn more and become better at their craft. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. And we have one of the things that I'm really excited about is we're working with the um, University um, of Arts in London uh, and to create an influencer marketing course and ultimately a qualification. Um, and what we want to try and do is bring the best of educational scholars with industry practitioners, because I think education, and I know we've had this discussion before, is still uh, is still one of the biggest challenges. So forgetting the people that are already in it and operate influencer marketing on a day-to-day basis, there's still millions of people and businesses out there that, you know, are on the water's edge of this space and they know that their competitors are doing it, but they're not sure about how to do it properly. And so I think um, what we want to do is make sure that all of the people in the industry are up to speed with everything, all of the various regulational requirements, disclosures, and what best practice looks like. What can we learn from each other? And that's what we want the course to be. In the same way that if you were to have your car serviced, you'd want to make sure that the mechanics have gone through a, a car servicing course um, or that your stylist, when you go and have your hair cut, has gone through some form of minimum qualification to do that. We think that the influencer marketing industry should have the same. Oh, that's a really good point. So we can start getting those really professional people and not mm. just kind of the marketing person are having to kind of migrate over to being an influence marketing expert as well. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So Gordon, Besides the education part that is absolutely important, and you and I have had long discussions about this, what else do you think is lacking in the influencer marketing industry at the moment in a global sense? So I think, um, obviously education, but I think um, measurement, um, one of the biggest challenges that brands have are being able to establish ROI, return on investment. Um, And most marketeers want measurable stats. And this is being addressed by some of the influencer platforms that are offering a full service, um, uh, you know, uh, and being able to record various different measurement uh, criteria. But I think, I mean, once upon a time, if you look at influence marketing, it used to be very much uh, the top of the funnel, didn't it? The, the, the yeah. brand awareness, and that still plays a big part. But more increasingly, we're now seeing very successfully um, some, of the, some of these platforms and brands, particularly in apparel and fashion, where, it's, where we're being able to attribute this directly, particularly with, with uh, links, um, and stuff like um, uh, Instagram shopping. Uh, so you can literally, and particularly when influencers have got their own codes that they can link in uh, to that particular product. So we're starting to see much, much more of this. Uh, I also think another big challenge for all finding and working with the right influencers. And I always say to people that are new to this, please work with a professional. Um, you, Yes, you can try and you know, reach out on Instagram to people that you think are right for your brand values. But this can take quite a lot of time. Um, and, um, you know, some, a, a stat that I heard a little while ago was something like about 65% of professional influencers do not respond to outreach from, from brands. And now that may be because it is not a right fit or that they don't um, see their values being represented 
or that sometimes uh, organizations treat influencers just like media assets and they just assume that if they've got a product and maybe a discount that the influencer will go and promote it well dream on i don't think that's the case um, you pay if you were buying some data you pay for a television spot or a radio advert why would you not pay um, to have somebody who's got a very engaged authentic and relevant audience and I think generally as well, uh, consumers are rejecting lots of traditional sales advertising in your face stuff is, is losing its even cold calling <laughs> uh, is very much on the wane. And, and I think if you're working with uh, influencers, you can really have authentic storytelling through another individual. But as I say, working with the right influences is critical because you can have great assets, you can have a great campaign strategy, but if you've got the wrong people promoting it, it's just the campaign's going to fall flat. So um, I think those are some of the, the challenges still uh, we've got to address. No, absolutely. And I 100% agree what you're saying. Please, please, please work with professionals. Like you say, we all know influencers don't answer those DMs. You really want those agencies who already have those relationships with those guys. So when they reach out to them, they see it as a professional transaction, not just someone who's sliding into their DMs going, hi, got an opportunity, want to chat. Because there's so many fraudsters that do that as well. And I'm sure that also attributes to people not answering. Besides that, these professionals have paid their school fees. They're not trying out new techniques. They're not trying out campaigns. You're going to put money behind this. Let the guys who's already been doing it for years and years know what works. Actually yeah. give you advice and guidance. I mean, one of the things I was just going to add to that is, is that w- let's not forget, if you were to run a television campaign nowadays, it's going to cost you a fair amount of, of money yeah. with um, photographers, um, the video, the whole film crew, you know, sometimes millions Whereas actually, if you think about some of the really great content creators that are out there, you know, they're photographers, yeah. they're videographers, they're script writers, they're digital marketing experts. You know, you've almost got a creative agency in one individual, um, which I think is absolutely fascinating. A, a brand that really embraces influencer marketing well uh, can, can get, you know, a, a number of individuals almost using content in different, um, uh, you know, ideas and, and, and scenarios, which, which I think sometimes is better than the brand could ever have thought about. That's why, that's why sometimes you have these competitions and you get amazing responses from them. And, and that's why, again, some of the brands will, will ask to see if they can use that content, not only for the, for the one-off campaign, but can they use that, that imagery on their other advertising media, whether it's billboard or um, in uh, email marketing or others, because it's so, so strong in its own right. Um, so I think that's been, uh, that's been really, really exciting to see. No, it's been hugely exciting. And I think that comes back to what you said earlier. It's that authentic storytelling. It's that relatability. When people follow influencers, they do it for a reason, because they think this person is an expert on a certain topic, whether they just like the content that they create. And I think a lot of brands forget that when they use an influencer, they don't only use them for their influence on their specific target market, but these people are amazing content producers. You can Mm. literally run campaigns that the influencer never pushes out, that you literally just get content creation for your own 
for your own platforms. It just, mm. it works mm. and it's beautiful and it's just so much more authentic and relatable than anything a brand can push up that's heavily branded. I mean, some of the stuff I love uh, is great video content now. I mean, it's really blowing me away with the, um, uh, I mean, the, the, the way I would describe it is some of these individuals help bring your brand to life and they really, really do um, they make the price. I mean, if you think about when you used to go into a retail shop, I say used to, <laughs> because we're all <laughs> locked down. Um, we'll get back there at some we'll point. We'll get back there. And, and, and you see, you, you know, you'd see a static model, wouldn't you? A mannequin. And you'd see clothes and you say, okay, I can understand that. But there's only going to be so many of those mannequins dotted around the store. Mm. But what you have with influencers now is being able to have almost the catwalk. You can actually have it stylized. Um, and then, then in addition to that, you've got music that might be added to it. Um, I love these things where they put the hand over the camera and then all of a sudden they've got a completely different look and feel. So we're actually adding entertainment there. We've seen humor as well with TikTok, which has been absolutely phenomenal. And, 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 and it, what it shows in the engagement. And I, I watch it with interest to see it just piling on, you know, looking so cool. Love this. Where can I get it from? Um, and I know on some of these platforms, and I'm talking particularly around the, the beauty and fashion influencers, um, uh, MD of a, of a large uh, organization um, based in the UK was telling me that some of their top influencer and, and women, by the way, um, 80, 90 percent of the people on the platform were women were generating like 50 to 60,000 pounds, UK pounds per month. So you can only imagine what they're generating for the brand because that's, an, a, that's an, a commission link. It's phenomenal. I mean, where could you get that amount of sales through one individual? And that's why I think the, the, there's going to be continual growth uh, in e-commerce. And we were talking about at the top of the funnel, but there are certain sectors that are really, really driving this apparel and beauty um, being, being one of them. No, absolutely. I don't know if you've seen in China, they have those influences on platforms now where they actually do like little infomercials for brands and they sell so many things and they make so much money. And I just think that's where e-commerce is probably going to be a part, a big part of it in the next couple of years to come. 100%. And I, I interviewed when I wrote the book, actually, um, a top um, influencer platform uh, based in China. And uh, he was telling me that um, he reckons the, that market is around three to four years ahead of the rest of the world. So what, what a lot of fashion brands will do is they'll approach an influencer and create a special line for them. So that rather than get five or 10% commission the influencer pretty much has got more of a 50 50 split because actually what a lot of these these suppliers and manufacturers want is they want an audience now they might have the, the technical expertise to create these designs and, and an influencer ultimately doesn't want to just amplify somebody else's product forever and a day they want to uh, consider they're creating their own brand and that is a trend that is definitely uh, growing and growing um, and of course once you've got a personalized brand it's it, the sky's the limit you know anything can happen you know from from cosmetics to beauty and you've only got to look at the success of uh, of Kylie Jenner in, mm -hmm. in 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 that sphere alone 
But I think that's going to happen a lot, lot more with people further down the, the food chain, to be honest. Um, absolutely. So, and if you've got a target audience that is very strong, even, even if it's like fly fishing, if, with as few as like a thousand followers, if all those people are following you, are into their fly fishing, and you're a, um, you're like a rod manufacturer, that's a really good use of your time. And I would suggest the level of engagement if you were to do some content, co-created content with that, with that influencer, uh, you'd get a really high response rate. Um, I've also noticed that, that influencers reject sometimes this, this over-controlling style by some brand managers, marketeers, where they say, we want you to say exactly this. And of course, if it isn't in the tone of voice of the influencer, the audience will, will smell a rat. And more importantly, the influencer, I would hope, would, would say, no, no, I, I can't say that. My audience would reject that. Coffee Conversations about Influencer Marketing is brought to you by Influential, a strategic consultancy that takes the guesswork out of influencer marketing for your brand. We provide much-needed strategically crafted frameworks on how to implement influencer campaigns specific to your brand needs. No, absolutely. And I've always said that especially to brands who are new to influencer marketing, who's still kind of used to this traditional style of advertising. It's like, you can't script it. It is just, then you might as well push out a brand ad. You're going to get the same response. It's bad for the influencer's reputation. I'll probably won't do it, but you need to give them some sort of guidelines, but within that, give them freedom to do content in their own styles, because that's the reason you hiring them is to literally convey your message to their audiences so that it's appealing to them. Absolutely, yeah. Let's look at the last year, and I say it with such dread in my voice, because I think everyone is tired. We switch on the news, there's pandemic going on. We're all basically still at home in some form of lockdown around the world. But during this time, we saw influence marketing grow even stronger than what it was initially. And that's obviously people migrating online a lot and people spend a lot of time on social media to get news, to get entertainment, to get some escapism. What do you think or why do you think influence marketing has evolved so much over the last year, grappling with this new normal, but also why are people responding to them so amazingly well, especially over this, this last year? It's a very interesting point. And I think, um, I mean, in the UK, for example, we saw um, almost immediately um, when people couldn't go to gyms, Joe Wicks, for example, start with his uh, YouTube video. And in March, I think he got something like around 15 million views on YouTube in the month of March. Because what he wanted to do was just realising that the whole world were now at home and needed to get fit. So he, he seized the moment. And you've either had big brands like Nike, for example, investing $15 billion and, ha- and promoting their app as well with people like Ronaldo and Tiger Woods. And, um, and I think one thing that I have picked up in the last year is the sensitivity of the way that brands 
have needed to connect with their audience. Mm. And I think there is, a, there is a, you know, trust is key in influencer marketing. And uh, there's lots of data that suggests individuals trust an influencer uh, that they follow and aspire to more than they do sometimes their friends, particularly in certain sectors and genre. I mean, some of the top gaming influencers, they are revered. <laughs> Um, and of course they donate of course to their uh, favorite uh, favorite content creators quite a lot so i think um what has been uh, what has been fascinating is the level of engagement in the last uh, last year has been at an all-time high but it's only high when the content is relevant and we've seen quite a lot of um, influencers be open and transparent about how they're feeling particularly around mental health because they need to be they need to be on point with that i mean we've had a little bit of uh, kickback more recently with with that not working so well where you've got some of the uh, um, what i would call the tv celebrity influencers that have chosen to uh, go off to Dubai and, and, and take lots of footage and pictures about them on the beach. Well, that for me, quite now at the moment, I think is insensitive, given that a lot of people can't go on holiday and indeed are suffering. But, but I do think those that are not and are really helpful and giving advice, giving support, reaching out to their influencers, uh, followers rather, and uh, you know, liking their comments, uh, running competitions, doing a lot of lives. We've seen a huge growth in um, Instagram lives and Facebook lives as well. And, and, and of course, the number one thing of 2020 is community building. You know, that's been the real big buzzword is it's allowing people to, to be connected because when you're working from home or when you're schooling from home, it's very, very isolating, you know, and I'm sure you and I, have, we've had some wobbles over that period of time. I mean, I'm dying to get out to a live music event. You know, I've got a lot of friends in the music industry who've really suffered. And I think there's much, much more about what I would call human to human rather than what we call B2B and B2C is, um, and, and people sharing a lot more about their feelings. You know, remember people buy a lot of the time emotionally. So where you can resonate that language in a way that people can feel connected, then you're on to a winner. I absolutely love what you just said. And I've also noticed that over the last year is that a lot of influencers who had this beautifully curated feeds and a lot of times people were following people because they, they wanted that aspiration and that's why they did it. But it did a whole 180 where people were like, no, I want to feel like we're in the same boat. I want to connect to your point um, and build that community while I'm at home, you're at home, let's connect. And we saw those influences change to this really real content where, like you say, speaking about their mental health or just behind the scenes trying to teach their kids at home, just trying to get some fitness done, but you actually just want to lie and watch Netflix all day. And I think that also just really made the industry a lot more real for me, getting people just to kind of be more connected to their audiences instead of this, I could never reach there, but I love looking at your, at your house or your family or whatever that may be. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we've seen a lot more of behind the scenes, haven't we? We've mm. seen a lot more of 
of uh, content being created at home. Um, we've seen a lot. Of, we've seen a lot of fun, creative TikTok videos, um, which I've found really uh, entertaining. And quite frankly, over what's been a really difficult year, we've needed to be cheered up. So somebody that that, that cheers you up, but also can have an authentic message behind that, mm-hmm. I think is uh, is is great and on point, really. No, absolutely. In your opinion, do you think that brands have embraced this change? Are they using that to their, to their benefit? And are they really using these influences to create communities and connections instead of moving away from that just kind of purely in-your-face advertising? Well, I think it's a very interesting point. I mean, in March uh, 2020, there was literally um, the world's tap on marketing and advertising was turned off. Pretty much a lot of the brands just halted and paused everything because it was, you know, they've got their strategies in place. They know they've, they've got their marketing plans all laid out and planned out. All of a sudden, this tsunami wave has hit them all with panic as to what what we're going to do should we should we revert to what we know best that works in other words you know google facebook ads and just stick with that so what it, i think sometimes it has done is is it's made in any sort of recession or difficult times people tend to be less innovative sometimes because they want to do stuff that absolutely can deliver and you've got you know companies putting pressure on their finance teams to to do that but i think we've also seen i'm i'm really pleased to see lots of innovation and that of course sparks others so if your competitor is doing something innovative then uh, with an influencer campaign then well, maybe we should be now looking at, at doing that so i think brands are embracing change because their audience are telling them that that you know they want to now be seen to be looking after their employees they want to be making sure that their campaigns represent diverse communities um, I know one influencer agency um, in America actually said to me that uh, when they put a group of influencers forward for a campaign that includes a really diverse group, if the brand comes back and says, um, no, no, we just want to uh, keep with our white group of influencers, the brand, the, the, the agency said, well, you know, this isn't really reflective of the audience that we're trying to target together. Uh, and they've also said that in some instances, they've, they've actually not run the campaign, which I think is a great step forward because we've got to be seen to be representing all, all individuals. Um, and I don't, I don't just mean that by colour. I mean that through, through disability. I mean all, all manner of different people because that's what makes us better people in our society. And I think brands need to realise that uh, it's not just about a logo it's about the brand values and the people behind it no absolutely um over the last year we've also seen all that research coming out about what consumers want and to your point they don't just want a great product they want to know that your brand stands for something and that they're actually doing something about it so it's not just lip service either so we're yeah. seeing a lot of movement towards that from from everyone and i think that is so great whether they kind of have to do it or they wanted to do it. Either way, I think it's making such a positive change in the world as a whole and not just in advertising. Mm. So Gordon, is there any brand that you think got it right in the short space of time when things just changed like so remarkably? 
Well, um, I, I mean, obviously, brands like Gymshark, which have now been um, said that they've got a one billion. I think it's one billion dollar, one billion pound. I can't remember <laughs> uh, valuation. I mean, this is started by a twenty-three-year-old. You know, it's it's it is incredible, isn't it, to think that uh, uh, they have really embraced influencer marketing, as has the ASOS and Boohoo brands, uh, because uh, you know what I think is is happening. The high street, as we know it, is changing. And some of those organizations that were struggling before, all this has done is just moved that forward of, of, of digital transformation forward. So quite frankly, if you don't have a really strong digital footprint, uh, you're going to find it tough. Uh, and I think uh, the, the businesses will, will have struggled. Obviously, I've loved what Nike do uh, as well. And I'm also going to sort of give a bit of a, a shout out to the World Health Organization. So w- one of the times in the past, government organizations would just do what they've always done. Never really thought about using influencers. Um, and yet, actually, they had a really powerful message that they needed to get out to pretty much anybody and everybody. We've got a lot of young people that don't watch television. Um, you've got a lot of young people that um, don't read newspapers. So how would, how would they get their message out to get, encourage people to keep their distance and wash hands? Well, what they did is they embraced influencers and content creators and I was really excited to see uh, how some of these people were on TikTok. They made, they made an important message engaging through humor, but also with a serious point to it. So I, I, I'd like to say them. And um, yeah, there's, there's lots of others. Um, I, can't, I mean, even the, the beauty brands like Estee Lauder, uh, they they said that, um, albeit before the the pandemic, they were going to be spending seventy five percent of their entire marketing investment on uh, influencer marketing. So I think what we're going to see is a lot more investment in this space on the back of the level of engagement that they've now seen. So I think yeah. But then also, Gordon, all I see around me is these articles that say. The influencer marketing bubble is about to burst. Influencer marketing is going down. And all the evidence around me and where I'm working and from the brands that I'm seeing points to the contrary. Why do you think people are out there thinking this bubble is about to burst? Well, it's not about to burst. And if you think about it, first and foremost, some of the other medias are literally suffering you know, people at television advertising is dropping. People are not consuming content in the same way. You know, a lot of the, it's almost like the naughty child on the inside lane of the run, running track <laughs> has, has, has ran past them when they, they didn't see us coming. And that's probably what it's about. I mean, it's, it's also fair to say that there are, you know, in every sector, there are some individuals who don't make our life easier by um, their inauthenticity and insensitivity. But um, uh, quite frankly, I think what we're going to see in the next uh, few years is the rise and the rise of the professional influencer. Um, those that literally uh, understand what a brand is trying to do. They're not just amplifying something, but they've almost, they're acting like a marketing strategist. And that's all really happening with some of the top guys and those that are represented by top talent agencies. So I, 
I think um, truth will tell and the numbers don't lie. You know, when the stats and we start to see even greater levels of uh, measurable data. I mean, one of the things I'd love to be able to do is to uh, almost have a, the IPA and some of the big advertising regulators. I'd love to see almost like a measurement line that says influencer marketing at the moment that can't be separated out. Um, but it would, that would be a great move forward, uh, wouldn't it? So that, you know, you could really see the impact of those. It's, it is still a struggle, but uh, there's no doubt about it. Influencer marketing is here to stay and grow. I mean, it's, it's word of mouth advocacy at its best. I mean, the word influence influencers for some of them, they hate it. They hate it with a passion. They don't even use it. They use the word digital creator, entrepreneur, and and I, it's a shame, really, because I think the word influence is a very, very powerful word. You know, it, it says to people, not only are you, um, you're able to affect change. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it, it's a shame that that word has been sometimes maligned and the wrong quarters. And also, let's, let's, let's not kid ourselves. Some of these bad news stories are gr a great clickbait journalism, aren't they? You know, we know that um, it drives a lot more engagement to say something uh, outrageous than not. <laughs> true, very true. And I also think um, a lot of these influencers hate the word influencers or even people in the industry. And it comes about from influence marketing grew so quickly in such a short space of time that people were literally learning on the ground as they were going. So obviously mistakes were made. Obviously some brands made huge mistakes and some influencers made huge mistakes. And all of a sudden it got this really negative stigma to it where if you look at the numbers, don't lie to, to what you said earlier, there are so many more that was doing amazing jobs and just, it's just... I think there's a huge disconnect as well sometimes between the traditional advertising guys and influence marketing and they're missing that there is actually fantastic synergy to kind of have a 360 approach to campaigns and just have your brand everywhere and speaking from the same hymn book and just delivering those messages everywhere in a mm. great way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Since you are part of the BCMA, Gordon, one would think you kind of have some behind-the-scenes insight to what you can maybe answer one of the biggest questions that, that we certainly get, get asked. What is that recipe for great content? <laughs> How long is a string? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have all the answers, but I, I do think, I think for me, is and not even some of the best organizations will always be able to answer this um particularly when you've got algorithms playing havoc left right and center with the various platforms but um something i learned from a long-standing influencer and professional in america he said test 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 and test again and so I think some of the things that are important is not just about the quality of the content, but it's, it's the length of that content. It's the time that you promote it. Um, it's, the, um, it's the style. It's whether or not you're using photography, whether or not you're using video. Um, it's like it's the equivalent of a hit record, isn't it? 
Um, how do you how do you create a, a number one hit song? And I'm not saying I know how to do that, but what people look at is attributes. What if you were to look at the top 100 um, videos or top 100 songs? What are the attributes that you? Can, and this is why artificial intelligence and machine learning fascinates me because that is the sort of way in which we're going to discover how audiences react to great content i think um storytelling and the human interest is super important in fact red bull have their own uh, storytelling officers and storytelling academy which uh which which is which is fantastic i think humor plays a big part as well we love humor we love to be entertained Cats and dogs videos, I think, are still shared. One of the most on uh, on social media and um, kit. Better use of kits. Stuff like drones now can, particularly in the travel industry, can really help bring experiences. Uh, you know, almost like you're immersing that audience in that location and destination. And then the other thing I think I'm always always interested in is is breaking content up into episodes so you're bringing people on a journey and we've obviously seen that and we've been immersed with the netflix of this world uh, more and more people are consuming content on demand so why shouldn't that translate to uh, to influencers and content creators uh, and i know um some of the people that i have spoken with for the book uh, have talked to me about the success. In fact, one of them had created something like 24 million views on YouTube. And that's because they were able to do a whole series. So what it does is it encourages you to keep coming back and, and coming back. Um, I think we've also seen a better quality content, almost like verging on the verging on sort of film production levels. So, uh, which I think is really exciting that, uh, you know, once upon a time, advertising, and this is what branded content is, of course, all about, is making sure that, that products are, and messages are almost subliminal in the message. So the audience don't know they're being sold to uh, <laughs> or feel at, at ease with the way that that, uh, I mean, what people don't want is the, is the what, what used to happen um, where you've got, oh, buy this product and it's just held up there. And then people are now seeing through that. They, they almost want, because the competition is so great now online, what that's done is it's pushed the level of content up more and more. So, um, yeah, I think some of those suggestions that I've, uh, I mean, ultimately it's like, you know, do your research and do it again and do it again and make sure and involve them as well involve your audience in um uh, creating you know ask them the questions do you like uh, do you like this video do you like that video um what is it that you like about them you know because actually audience like to be involved in playing a part in their in in what's going to happen in the future we all do don't we we you know when, if if you ask for your opinion you know before a product is launched it makes you feel part of the process no absolutely and i think those are great tips for anyone to keep in mind when they um, want to start creating content or they're planning a campaign and want to kind of look at what type of content would work for the audiences and that research is so paramount that you have to, any campaign in any advertising discipline has to be rooted in some kind of insight. Otherwise, mm. it will never, 
will never kind of sit well with your audience. You'll alienate them or they'll just be like, what's going on here? What a mess. And I think equal for influencer marketing um, is that research, but you've got a fantastic point there. Test, test, test. Ask your audiences. We all want to be involved in shaping a brand or an experience or some kind of content. I think Nike have done this with one of their shoes, um, I'm sure, where they put, they got a load of uh, feedback from their potential audience and they then finished the product based around all of these individuals. And of course, what you've got then is a, oh my goodness, you know, I suggested they did a, mm-hmm. a green part of the back of the shoe and look, it's there. It's almost like they've listened. I want it. I love it. You know, it's, and of course, what you've then got is not only follower engagement, but you've got followers, followers engagement, you know, so excited to be part of this research project for Nike, you know. Absolutely. And then you also have this little army of, of kind of organic brand ambassadors that's out there loving your brand and brand love grows. And it's just a win, win, win for everyone. Yeah. I mean, actually on that, we've also seen a big growth and I predict this more is a growth in what I call nano influencers, sub 10,000 followers, and just regular people being ambassadors for brands. People have realized that, uh, brands have realized, sorry, that, um, uh, you know, Joe Public could be part of our ambassador program. And um, that's why you're starting to see lots of organizations, you know, join our ambassador program. I think that works really well with influencers as well by the way because you've got that aspirational element but you've also got consumers who who you know would happily talk about their product to their uh, you know friends and family now the audience numbers will be much much smaller but the level of engagement could be could be tremendous no 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 influencers are remarkable because they are your brand fans. They've already been talking about your brand friends family online wherever if they love your brand they love your brand. And I love that brands are finally seeing the value in using those guys in Mm -hmm. campaigns as nano influencers, because you can't really buy better word of mouth than someone who everyone knows already loves your brand. Let's be honest. Yeah. 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 Indeed. So for our last question, Gordon is what are your trends for this year that you are super, super excited for? So we have talked about some of them, um, but I think we are going to see uh, a greater level uh, of accessibility on the likes of TikTok and uh, Instagram Reels uh, and others. Triller, of course, is another one that's uh, crept onto the market as well. Um, Definitely growth in community engagement um so i think that's going to be that's going to be bigger so of course some influencers of course of now don't just earn their money through brand partnerships will earn their money through uh, membership models or creating their own education programs particularly when it when it's around fitness or food uh, or whatever so sort of community growth for sure video short video growth and live streaming we've seen you know quite a lot of that particularly live streaming now. Twitch has had a phenomenal uh, year, as I'm sure you know. So I think we're going to see a lot more of that. And, and, and the, the results, again, speak for themselves. People are much more likely to react to videos and share that than perhaps uh, stills. 
Uh, e-commerce growth for sure and influencers becoming their own brand themselves and uh, professional content creators as well as the quality of content uh, gr- uh, becoming better i mean i've as i say i'm i've been really impressed by what i've seen this year but i think as as competition is out there it's you know as, as one influencer starts a, a new idea of showing a product off then it becomes well what's the next fad <laughs> and the next one and the next one so it's it's about constantly evolving the type of visual imagery we've talked about human to human and sensitivity i think that's going to be really really important and you know brands are going to be called out if they're not um if they seem to be um i mean like for example um virgin got a little bit of a, a slap at the beginning of this campaign because of the way in which they handled their employees originally and of course that can have a dramatic effect on their uh, on their brand greater diversity in campaigns and i mentioned that uh, earlier nano and consumer advocacy we've just mentioned that so i think we're going to see a lot more exciting ambassadors program develop uh, and I think uh, greater measurement uh, measurement tools coming onto the market. So, of course, there are a number of um, influencer discovery platforms, but I think a lot more um, agencies that use platforms or brands that use them will want to see far greater level of, um, uh, of measurable stats. Uh, and once they start to see that, then they're going to, I think, continue to invest more in the sector. And then lastly, why I hope is a bit less airbrushing. <laughs> People want to see greater authenticity and not over, over polished stuff, you know. I mean, yes, in, in some instances, you've got, to, it's got to, you've got to look the part and it's going to be well presented. But I don't know, there's a lot to be said for authentic raw as well. <laughs> so that's what I think are some of my trends for next year this year rather we are in such an exciting space right now and we're going to have a busy year and i think over the next two years all those things that you said it's going to become so much more prominent and i'm very 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 excited for it me too me too (laughs) so gordon before um, we say goodbye to you where can listeners connect with you online to learn more about you and what you do so thank you for that, Anne. You can reach out to me, um, Gordon Glenister. I've got no other pseudoname. And there's only one of me. GordonGlenister.com. <laughs> uh, Do drop me a line, Gordon at GordonGlenister.com. Um, you can also listen to my podcast, which is the Influence Global Podcast, shining a spotlight on the influencer marketing industry. And also on the 3rd of March, I will be launching my um, new book, which is called Influencer Marketing Strategy. It's available online now on Amazon. Thank you so much, Anne, for having me. It's a huge pleasure. And thank you so much for your insight and your time and your knowledge and sharing that with us. It's a pleasure. Goodbye, Gordon. Thank you. Bye-bye.